on your PC, iPod or smartphone. This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the 22nd edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with Melbourne Demons and Queensland superstar Taylor Harris. Matthew Cox chats with Sunbury coach Kerry Saunders and we find out what's happening in women's footy out in the central west of New South Wales with David Stratton. All that and news on the AFL mini draft coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 22nd edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast and a special shout out as always to Matt and Katie at girlsplayfooty.com for hosting this podcast on their Facebook page and via their Twitter account and a shout out to you the listener for downloading or streaming this podcast. Thank you very much for your support in getting behind this volunteer production. Now before we jump into the interview, some housekeeping first of all a reminder that there will be no uh, match of the day coverage this week on girlsplayfooty.com as the VWFL Premier Division is having a bye. It'll be back next week on the 18th and 19th of July and our next game will be at 1.30pm Sunday 19th of July for the second versus first battle of the St Kilda Sharks versus the Darabin Falcons Sunday 19th of July. Now the all-important AFL mini-draft coming up. Now according to the booklet that was handed out at the start of the year, we believe it is Friday the 10th of July that the delistings will be announced. We haven't heard anything through the wires as yet, so keep your eyes peeled on the afl.com.au website or on Girls Play Footy and as soon as we know uh, if any of the players have been delisted, we'll let you know. Both coaches are allowed up to six players each to be delisted. We know at least one will be and that's for Melbourne with Cecilia McIntosh who unfortunately uh, suffered that knee injury and she's on the uh, rehab journey as we speak to get back for season 2016. So again, the coaches can go up to six if they choose, they could go one, two, or none. It's entirely up to the coaches. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, the mini draft to fill those vacancies, I've been told, will be conducted on Wednesday, the 22nd of July, and will be streamed via the AFL website. It should be a short production because if they go up to the maximum of six each, there would be 12 players and it'd be virtually knocked over in about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, all those details will be announced uh, within the coming days via the AFL website. So keep your eyes peeled out for that for the stream of the AFL mini draft who gets picked up for Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs to join their current squads and take part in this historic TV match coming up in August. They'll be played at Etihad Stadium between the Doggies and the Demons. Now, one of those players that will no doubt be featuring for the Demons, an absolute superstar from Queensland, is Taylor Harris. Of course, she was the youth girls player of the carnival for Pool A. Uh, The Queenslander saw her side get to uh, the youth girls grand final in Pool A for the very first time. So rapid development of Queensland female footy. Everyone remembers her from that sensational mark that she took in the 2014 exhibition match and of course certainly held her own and was impressive in the 2015 game. Who knows what she'll have for the TV match at Etihad Stadium. That's why we've got her on the line and uh, Taylor thank you very much for joining us and and first of all as we speak to you uh, just the other day on Monday uh, you were taking part in this special um, AFL Queensland female footy train with the stars uh, program that include the likes of uh, Katie Brennan, uh, Lauren Arnell, um, Emma Zelke, I believe, and a few others. Explain to us about the Train with the Stars program. Yes, that was a good initiative by AFL Queensland just to um, have some uh, inspiring people, I guess, in Katie Brennan and Lauren Arnell come down, or sorry, come up to Queensland and 
deliver a program that was really good and just showed what it takes to be an AFL player. And then um, myself, Emma Zilke and Leah Kaslau joined them as well. So they had five people that I guess they could um, look up to and like have see that they've made it to the, what their goals are. So we could answer questions and help them try and reach what they want to reach. And what were some of the programs and drills that the uh, girls got to do on the day? Um, well, it started in the morning about 9 o'clock and there was, we were at the Queensland Academy of, of Sports so we had a lot of facilities like the gym and we used the pool afterwards so they could do recovery and learn about that. But um started with some skill drills and that sort of thing and then we went inside and did um, a talk about leadership and the use of social media and that sort of stuff and then after that we had lunch <laughs> and then did some vision, looked at the AFL game and then picked out some things that people could do better and all that sort of stuff. And then some more on-field stuff and then some nutrition talk and then a recovery session in the pool and the ice baths, actually, which was really cool. And you talked about the Q&A session. What were some of the typical questions thrown at you? Um, so one of the girls I remember asking, sort of what does it take to be um, an AFL player? And we sort of focused on the sacrifices that we have to make. So... Some examples, well, I said about that I sacrificed my body, so get a few injuries and then a couple of bruises and black eyes and that sort of stuff. But um, when you're playing footy, you don't think about the week ahead or anything like that. You kind of think about the game and if something happens, it happens and you move on. Another girl said stuff like the time it takes to commit to footy and then the social life um, aspect and that sort of thing. So that was good. And what were the uh, typical uh, ages of the girls that were um, taking part in this uh, one-day camp and as well um, their their skill level? Um, So it was probably the main age was 15 to 16, 17. Um, And the skill level was good because a lot of the girls were in the Queensland under-16 team going to Geelong in a week or two. Um, So they came down and had a really good day and got to experience these sort of things and it was good. Uh, you talked about Queensland. Of course, the uh, Queensland senior women's side uh, do have New South Wales ACT coming up on July 19. I believe you've started camp again for that? Yeah, so we've been training um, ever since we versed Tasmania. We trained beforehand with that um, once a week or twice a week at one stage. And then now we're back into training again for our next game. And tomorrow night we'll be training. And uh, I noticed a few inclusions into the squad for the moment. Uh, one of them is Shalice Law, your teammate from the uh, youth girls. Yeah, she's a superstar. She's quite small, but she's really tough and quick and nimble. So, yeah, it'll be great to have her on the team. And what's the plan for the New South Wales ACT game? Because unlike the Tassie match, it's going to be an away game for you. You're playing at Blacktown. Are they looking at a one-day fly-in, fly-out, or you'll be heading in on the Saturday? Yeah, so we fly in on the Sunday, I believe, and then, yeah, fly back Sunday night, which is a bit tough, but we'll work around it. And staying with Queensland football at the moment, a bit of tough going for the Eagles. You took on uh, Corporu over the uh, weekend and the uh, Navy Roos got the better of you. Yeah, well, um, they're actually top of the table at the moment. So they've been going really well this season, which is good, and previous seasons. So we expected a tough game. But both, actually, both of our teams, Corporu and Zilmia, have had plenty of injuries. Um, and we were both short players. So... Um, their team actually, which was interesting, brought in some of the Australian soccer playing girls. Um, so I think it was five of them or something played, which was really cool because they were like elite soccer players coming to play AFL, which is good for the sport, um, and got to meet them and sort of talk to them. But um, yeah, we lost, unfortunately, but we can keep working on working on it and trying to 
get our injury injured players back and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And, of course, uh, there, there is a big gap at the moment between the likes of the Bluebirds and the Navy uh, Roos compared to uh, the bottom side, such as, uh, the uh, well, I wouldn't say the Gorillas, but the um, Roosters down there at the moment uh, with Griffith Maruka, uh, as well as your Eagles at the moment in fifth. Uh, what do you feel you need to do as, as a club to try and start to get to the level that the Navy Roos and the Blues are at? Yeah, well, honestly, I just think at the moment we've um, recently taken a bit of a hit with some of our players getting injured and then our leadership group um, just sort of being away, some people and that sort of stuff. So it's hard to kind of work out how each other plays and get a real structure going. But um, I think either the end of this year or next year we'll be able to get it back on our feet and come back. Um, yeah, one of, one of our players, Rachel Anstey, has actually hurt her knee. So she's out for the season, which is unfortunate because she was – probably one of our best players and also a really good leader so it's hard without her on the field especially because I look up to her and um, listen to her and she's a similar position to me so that's been tough but she's still around and being motivating and stuff so that's good. Is, but, it, yeah. is it a nervous time for you wearing your Melbourne cap for the moment as you get ready um, obviously for uh, coming up in August another exhibition game because we're heading into this period where some of your teammates may be delisted. Both coaches are allowed up to six players each to be delisted. And obviously a mini-draft coming up in uh, just under two weeks' time. Yeah, well, I mean, in Queensland, um, I'm the only Melbourne player, which is a bit daunting, especially yesterday, the train with the Stars day, because everyone was Bulldogs and I was Melbourne. But um, I guess it's a good and bad thing. It's a good opportunity for new girls, hopefully from Queensland, to get an opportunity. But... Um, then, yeah, some, that means someone misses out. But I'm not sure what the coaches are looking for and who didn't um, impress them enough and that sort of stuff. So I'll be interested to see what happens with the mini-draft and who gets picked up and who actually gets dropped. But, yeah. Uh, in previous exhibition matches, because there was only once a year, you could get a limited feedback from your AFL coach, in this case, Michelle Cohen. Um, but then you'd obviously have to wait for a year to, before you could put it into action again. Um, have you been getting more detailed feedback this year from Michelle because we're only, as we said, just a short period away from playing again? Yeah, well, Michelle's just a phone call away and or a text or an email or anything. So um, I'm comfortable with asking her questions that I have or um, any advice that I'd want her to give me. So in that aspect, I'm um, able to prepare as much as I want. So that's really good that she's approachable and good to talk to. But, um, yeah, we've been given some feedback. Michelle rang us. I'm pretty sure she rang us all, but she rang me after the game and said, you know, like some good things and some bad things or things that we could work on. So, yeah, it's it's good that we can just communicate easily, even though we're in different states. But, yeah, we can get feedback that way. And we thank Taylor Harris very much for her time and wish her all the very best with the Eagles throughout season 2015, the QWAFL with Queensland on July 19 when they take on New South Wales ACT in that state game at Blacktown and, of course, with the Melbourne Demons uh, when they take on the Doggies at Etihad Stadium in August. Now we've got a special interview for you. Uh, Matthew Cox on his program, Coxie's Couch, uh, caught up with Sunbury coach Kerry Saunders. Some of you may remember that name, a famous uh, name throughout the VWFL for many years. In fact, just last year, uh, she coached Wyndham Bale to the Division Three flag undefeated. 
an incredible effort. And uh, at the very last moment, she uh, took up the Sunbury job. Now, you may recall an interview that we had earlier in the year from Coxie's Couch, which highlighted the problems we're having at Sunbury, if they could get a committee together, if they could get enough players together, if they could survive. Well, they've had to drop down a few grades to Division 5 West, but they are currently undefeated in that competition. So good to hear that things are going well there. Let's go across to uh, Coxie's Couch, this interview from Monday when he caught up with Sunbury coach Kerry Saunders. Next guest will be very happy that uh, these conditions uh, from today weren't on Sunday when they were playing. Kerry Saunders from the Sunbury Lions Women's Footy Club. I think you'd be glad that the sun was shining on Sunday. Oh, definitely glad. So... I made the right call in saying we had no training tonight, so I think we've got a pretty happy team with that call. <laughs> You'll be a very popular coach, I think. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure when everyone woke up this morning, it was raining, they're thinking, oh, please, we're lucky we've got none today. <laughs> I don't think many coaches would have been like that. I think they would have been pushing them through, although the summary lines have been going along very, very nicely. We'll get to that in a moment because I'm assuming that a lot of the community out there doesn't really know your backstory in the Victorian Women's Football League. You are a fairly successful player who's turned into a pretty successful coach as well. Can you give us a rundown of your involvement in women's footy? Um, probably well, probably running up to about 15 years at the moment, something a bit over that I would say, a life member of the league. Um, played and coached well, obviously plenty of games. Um, a few at St Kilda and we started out at Albion and Parkside, and those, those teams are no longer in the league, but through different circumstances. But we won a flag at a couple of flags at each of them, so um, you know, it's not a bad little record going around so far. And you're also a, a life member of the VWFL, and you've played over 250 games. There's only, I think, two other players that have done or reached a similar feat. And you were also last year awarded the uh, Female Coach of the Year. And I believe one of the co- uh, the, co- the words that you used was keep it simple and keep it fun. Exactly right. If it's Especially for women's sport and women's footy, if it's not fun, they're not going to hang around and play. They'll you know, they go out with their boyfriends or whatever else. They'll find something that's, that is interesting and sometimes quicker. And especially in winter, if it's not fun, the girls aren't going outside. So, yeah. So how do you get change the perception then in, in the community as well? Because a lot of people purely think women's footy is a novelty, but my involvement with it is that it is a lot more than that. It definitely is. Obviously 10, 20 years ago it was a novelty, but now if you watch a women's game, especially at the top level, you'll find some amazing athletes with you know a massive amount of skill, sometimes comparable to, you know, young boys football, it's, it is a highly skilled and you do need a lot of fitness and, and, a, and a good degree of skill to actually play these days. So it's not just a little giggle run around in the park at the top grade, so, which is you know where most kids now want to play. And your first impressions walking into the Sunbury Lions Women's Footy Club this year, of course, uh, we've well documented on this program how troublesome it was uh, during the pre-season for the club just to, to get a committee and then organise its on-field. You came on quite late in the piece. Uh, what was that? Uh, how did that get sorted out? Well, it was very late. I was um, on a holiday to Bali a few weeks before the season started and I said if you don't have a coach when I come back give us a call and we'll, we'll maybe have another chat because I wasn't going to do coach any, anyone and when I got back I went to training I think it was on the Monday or the Wednesday had a look and a chat and 
you know, we we kicked off the ne- uh, that that weekend. So I was pretty lucky not to do a pre-season. Um, didn't have to do anything. Just walked in. They're all everybody there is very welcoming, and you know, it's turned out to be they're a great bunch of girls, and you know, plenty of fun. they have fun, which is a which is a huge start rather than trying to influx that in there. So yeah, I've I've got nothing but praise for all the players so far, and the club itself as well. Everyone's been welcoming there. You mentioned there that you weren't going to coach this season. Why then come to a club that wasn't guaranteed to have success, though struggling for numbers? It was seemed like a pretty big challenge for someone who was just going to have a nice little year off. Yeah, it, it was just one of those things where, you know, uh, the pros and cons, you know, well, whether they won or lose didn't really matter. Um, I only knew one person there, um, uh, Lisa Kirby, who I coached when she was a young kid, and her and her dad, Steve Kirby, were at the club. And I, I just kind of figured if, if the kid's going to stick at the club, there's got to be something good about it. And, um, you know, do I want to spend every winter night at home or do I want something else to do? So I took a gal and they said, you know, you really only got to train once a week if that's going to get you across the line. But um, as it turns out, I, I, we, we train mostly twice a week because it is, you know, they're a great bunch of girls and it's turned out really good. You mentioned Lisa Kirby there, 27 goals so far this season, two on the weekend in your win over Manor Lakes. Uh, you've obviously yep. had a fair bit to do with her. Can you tell us a little bit more about her story? Um, well, like I said, she was only a youngster, I think 14, um, when she came to play with us. And then obviously we parted ways because I changed clubs and she was at Darabin for a couple of, for a year or two, I think, and then come back to Sunbury and, and help kick off the club there. And she's had, I think, the young fellas around there, a lot of influence, and she's grown into a, you know, a great person and obviously a great footballer to go with it. It's a pretty successful club uh, a couple of years back. It's won a couple of premierships. Is that something that now you want to be a part of, this next generation <laughs> of the club, or is this just a, a short-term thing? Uh, well, that's the question on everybody's lips at the moment because we're going so well, and everybody is interested in the next few years. We don't, I don't think there's many at this stage that want to go, yeah, we'll win this year and walk away because it was so hard to get the year off and running. Um, I think not only myself, but there's a few others that are keen to say, okay, we need to at least get part of next year and, and make sure we have a great base with our youth kids and a connection with the club and, and the community that it does grow almost by itself rather than just walk away and say, yeah, we we got it up and running and then have it fall over a year or two later. So I, th- I think most of the girls will stay. And you always lose one or two here and there, but you hopefully pick up a couple when you win, if and when you win. So hopefully that's a base. And you know, at this stage, I don't think that many of us, many will walk away from this year. That is very good to hear. And how important has it been to have the link with the senior men's side or the the, um, the Sunbury Football Club? You know, we have great facilities. The ground is magnificent. Um, the guys there, each week we don't have to run around and look for a trainer or this or that. Just simple things like that that women's football and women's sport in general struggles with. So the club has been great in their support and their meetings and their advice and just little things that it's helpful to have men in the background they have, a knowledge and everything they have and the resources that we go with that, that it's worked out really well. I'm not entirely sure about the rest of the competition uh, or the VWFL for that matter, but are there many other sides that would have that sort of relationship with a with a senior club? Um, I think they're trying to get that, but 
I know for a fact, obviously, St Kilda, this is in the top grade, St Kilda are definitely separate from, from run separate from the men. Um, Melbourne Uni, Darabin, all those top grades are not associated with a men's club. Um, they run pretty much by themselves and they have they build from youth kids, youth girls, and then build a couple of teams out of there and then they've all grown from there. So it's a different way to go, but I, I think it's, it's ideal. If you have the support of a great guy's men's team, then you can't really go wrong. Back on field, uh, as you mentioned, you've had a very successful season. Ten wins so far. Um, I looked on the ladder a little earlier. 871 points for and 51 against. The percentage is over the four-figure mark. Um, Mm -hmm. How are you managing to keep a lid on things and prepare week on week when you just continue to go out there and excel? Uh, I'd like to say it's easy, but, you know, keeping him interested is, is sometimes a difficult thing. We lost, obviously, one of our better players and our captain, Tash Hardy, a couple of weeks ago to a knee injury. So that also made us, not a reshuffle, but the mix that where we put people, different positions, everyone's learning different positions and, and the fitness-wise and skill-wise is all has to grow up to be at a better level. So we're not just looking for this year, it's like next year. You need to be this much better to be in front of the next guys. And we've actually kicked poorly um, in our games, which is a little bit scary. I think at quarter time on the weekend, we had $1.11. So there are chances we scare ourselves with that kind of kicking. Um, it's just one of those things you need to be prepared for. But at this stage, we it's mainly fun, fun-based, with skill-based, um, a little bit of game plan here and there, and just basically moving players around so as they have a different challenge every, say, quarter or every half or every game. So I don't think anyone's played in the same position for a whole game as yet, and that's that's not a bad thing to have. It is, and giving everyone a taste for when you do hopefully move yeah. up to the, the higher divisions where you probably should be considering the, the current form. But with uh, all that happened in the pre-season, I, no, I don't think you could have guaranteed it anyway. Well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, if come finals, you never know what happens. You know, if we do kick poorly... And it doesn't take much for another team to have a great day and us to have a poor day, and anything can happen. So, footy's a great level of it. The sport in general is a great level of it. You just don't know what's going to happen on that day. And it always keeps things very, very interesting and keeps a head coach on her toes. Exactly. You've always got to come up with something better than the next guy. Uh, your next match is this Sunday at 12 o'clock down at Clark Oval. You're playing Kyneton, so we do wish you all the best in that. You've played them a couple of times this this season, of course, Kyneton being a new club as well yep. uh, with a women's footy side, so it's great to see that they're getting involved in it. Hopefully it's a, another win for you guys, and it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you, Kerry, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. No worries. Good have, thanks very much, Matthew. And we thank Matthew Cox for supplying us that interview. Of course, Matthew Cox is one of our uh, co-commentators during our VWFL Match of the Day, which you hear on most Sundays here on girlsplayfooty.com back on July 19. But don't forget uh, his very own program, Matthew Cox, presents Cox's Couch on 99.3 FM Sunbury Radio. And they stream via the web as well. And you can catch him on uh, Monday nights where he has uh, a wide variety of guests from the Sunbury sporting community. Now it's time to head to the Central West area of New South Wales, where, yes, female footy has spread there as well. So think about it. You've got female footy in Sydney, 
spreading out through the Central Coast, the Illawarra, all the way up to uh, the Hunter and Newcastle. Um, and also you've got over at Broken Hill, around the ACT region, the Riverina, and now in the Central West. And that's why I've got on the line the Football Operations Coordinator out there at AFL Central West, David Stratton. David, can you explain how the, uh, how the competition is expanding and developing, the teams you've got involved in the women's competition for AFL Central West? We've got four teams in, in our competition uh, with Bathurst and Orange, and the other two are Cowra and Dubbo. They're the four teams in our competition that have got the numbers for us. Excellent. And uh, to give people a picture, obviously, from around Australia, uh, how far apart are we talking about these towns and the travelling distances the girls have to do, at least in this first season? Uh, it's a good three-hour trip to... two-and-a-half, three-hour trip to Dubbo from, from Bathurst, so six hours of the day for the girls. So just to play a game of footy... With these sites, how have the numbers been going on? Have you been able to get full numbers out in the park? Yeah, uh, well, the competition that we've put together is a nine-a-side, so <laughs> with the wings brought in. But numbers are increasing as people become aware of, of the competition, so it's been slowly increasing, yeah. And how hard is it to try and get the, the message, the gospel of AFL out there around the um, Central West area? Because I guess unlike a, a, another rural competition like Broken Hill, which is a traditional uh, Aussie rules area, or, or Sydney, where obviously you've got all the hype around the Swans and the Giants, how hard is it to try and, I guess, break into rugby league territory out Dubbo way? It's very difficult. Yeah, we are, we are the underdogs out here. We've got to fight against rugby and league and uh, soccer. There's another big one out here. That kind of thing. Oh, and for the girls, netball and hockey, like to try and get the girls to play from, you know, from those kind of stronger sports. It's, yeah, it's very difficult for us to get people in, in into this into this sport. Yeah. And from the early success of the Niners side competition, do you see it hopefully expanding in 2016 or 2017? We've heard a lot of positive feedback, so I I am hoping that it will continue on and grow into yeah, the next couple of years and we'll get a stronger competition going. And already you're developing some stars there, uh, particularly I was just having a look at the goal kickers for uh, Bathurst. Uh, they've both got the, le- the, the leading goal kickers, are both from the Bush Rangers, uh, Maria uh, Gilchrist and uh, Kelsey Smith on nine and eight goals respectively. Yeah, no, they. I, I watched the very first game and they just went for it, those two girls. And um, Kelsey Smith, she actually took some girls down to Nowra for a uh, rep carnival. And that was uh, successful for us as well. That, that is fantastic to hear. And do, and do you hope for more of that, that we'll, we'll obviously in the future be able to see a Central West side taking on either, let's say, either Black Diamond or out in Broken Hill? I would love to see that. It would be fantastic. It's great Sorry. to hear things that are, that are coming along nicely. And if people really do want to get involved in uh, AFL Central West, uh, whether it be obviously playing for one of these clubs or helping out to volunteer or, or to get involved in the umpiring as well, uh, what can they do? They can contact uh, myself, get on, online to uh, Footy Web, or even just contact the local clubs and get on to them. And we thank David very much for his time and uh, wish him all the very best at AFL Central West as they try and develop the uh, female footy game out there and hopefully some more representative matches for them as well. Before I go, again, a reminder that our girlsplayfooty.com match of the day will be back on Sunday, July 19. We're taking the week off due to the Premier Division bye. Sunday, July 19, we're back with the VWFL Premier Division round 11 clash between second and first. It'll be a ripper, the St Kilda Sharks and the Darabin Falcons at 
at the Peanut Farm Reserve. Make sure you join us then. Don't forget to like our articles on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash girlsplayfooty. And follow us on Twitter at girlsplayfooty. Or, of course, uh, this stream is available via our website, girlsplayfooty.com, which has a wide variety of interviews that we've conducted over the last 12 months that you can enjoy. Until then, I'm Peter Holden. It's been a pleasure having your company. Until next time, it's bye for now.